morning, Tabernacle of Praise. Welcome to those of you that have joined us here in the sanctuary, and welcome to those of you that are joining us online. We are here to give God all the praise today. We are here to give God all the glory, and we ask that you join in with us. If you want to lift your hands, it's okay in God's house. If you want to clap your hands, it's okay in God's house because we are here to lift the name of Jesus. We're going to ask everyone to please stand as we sing Sabbath rest. Out of all the week, this day is the best. God set this day aside for us to give him praise and glory. We set our work aside. We set our work aside. God, this is your time, Lord. These are your people. Yes, Lord. Lord, we are your children. We invite your Holy Spirit to tabernacle with us today. Thank you, God. Lord, as we lift you up in song and in praise, yes. Lord, yes, we Lord. pray for your Holy Spirit to rain down on us. Yes. Break every yoke, break every chain, yes. and we would see Jesus on this day. Yes. Is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, let everything that have breath, praise the Lord. It's good to be in the house of the Lord one more time. I don't know about you. You may have been on the bottom all week, but through God's grace, through his mercy, you have made it to the top. T.O.P. Tabernacle of Praise. So whatever you went through, I don't care how hard it was, it didn't kill you. God brought you here today. Amen. We want to welcome you to the Tabernacle of Praise. Amen. Those that are worshiping with us online, and we want to welcome the Thompson family. Amen. 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 There are neighbors in the in the neighborhood. Amen. Praise the Lord. 
This is our first time at the Tabernacle of Praise, and we pray that this will be a rich experience. As we say, you're a visitor but once, that you are in the family. Praise the Lord. This is the church with the open door where everybody is somebody, and worship is truly a joy. So once again, we want to welcome you this morning. God says he inhabits the praises of his children. This is Tabernacle of Praise. God, when we woke up this morning, we should have had a praise on our lips. God says praise him in the tabernacle. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with a trumpet and temple and dance. Praise him with a psaltery and harp. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbal. Praise him upon the high sounding cymbal. Let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord this morning. You may be seated this morning. God is so good. The Bible says where two or three are gathered in his name, lo, he is in the midst. Amen. You know, I pass on behalf of our pastor. Pastor Jonathan Fields and First Lady Melody Fields, we want to welcome you once again. He's uh, in Pennsylvania at Pine Forge Academy. Their uh, daughter, Maya, is graduating. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So we want to pray for his safe travel. And I know he's probably tuning in. So, hey, Pastor. (laughs) Glad to see you. And, you know, next Sabbath, we're having our camp meeting. Amen. 75th anniversary. A lot of us weren't even wasn't even born no. when uh, uh, when Central States was formed. How many of you remember Camp Shady Hill? Yeah. Yeah. We was raised on the hill. Camp Shady Hill. We used to go out there and spend ten days out in the woods just with the Lord. It's something about when you're out away from the city can just listen to the birds and just get in tune with the Lord. Well, we're, that, that opportunity is going to be available next week in Kansas City. So all those that are willing and able, we want to encourage you to go uh, to Kansas City next week. It's going to be just a power-packed time. They're going to have tag team preaching. One beautiful sermon after another. So the Holy Spirit is going to be in the house, and it's going to start on Friday, early morning prayer meeting on Friday morning. Getting up at 6 o'clock in the morning to listen to the Lord and go down in prayer. It's going to go all through Sabbath school, church service, and in the afternoon they're going to have a concert. They're going to have Sister Nita Wilson. You know, he opens doors. Amen. Yes, Yes, he will, and yes, he does. And so we want to just encourage, if you can, and those that can't make it, we want to encourage you to tune, uh, uh, go online. We'll have the links that you can Amen. go online and worship God in spirit and in truth. Amen. Amen. This is not the time to just stay. Uh, you can stay on St. Mattress on Springs, but, but be alert <laughs> while you're there. Amen. Tabernacle of Praise is going to be closed next Sabbath. Amen. Okay, so... Don't come to Tabernacle of Praise next Sabbath. Thompson family wants you to come the week after that, though. Amen. Amen. But we're going to make sure you have the link so we can follow the service on next week. So spread the news that we're going to be closed next Sabbath. But the Holy Spirit is still going to be open for business. Amen. So the following week, we want you all to come on back. Bring your, bring your, your, your family. And then the 25th. 
We're having our family and friends day. Amen. 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 June 25th, we're going to have our family and friends day. And we want this place to be completely filled because on the 26th, we're going straight into our two-week revival. Amen. Amen. We need a revival, folks. You know, the spirit of God, it seems like it's starting to wane. The Bible says there'll be a falling away at the end. The question is, the, you remember the Bee Gees, the, the group, the Bee Gees, back in the 70s? And I think they um, had a song called, How Deep Is Your Love? Uh-huh. Am I right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So Jesus is asking that question, how deep is your love today? You know, when the trials come, is your, is your love just deep enough to have a little trial? But the last, in the last days, the Bible talks about fiery trials in order to get us, keep us on our knees looking up towards God from whence cometh our help. So today we're just saying, the question is, how deep is your love? Think about it. And if it's not, if it's this deep, you know you need to dig a little deeper. Dig a little deeper because those, anything that can be shaken will be shaken in these last days. So we must just want to encourage you, whenever the house of the Lord is open, Make sure you're here. Don't come by yourself, but encourage somebody else to come. Amen? Amen. 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 This time we'll continue in our worship.
How many of you know that he reigns? Does he reign in your life? I don't care what you're going through. He reigns forever. He is sovereign. That means he controls everything. Just give your life over to him and let him reign in your life. Lord have mercy. You know, we live in times where people are, the, 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 the Bible says that at the end of time that the winds of strife would be let loose. What that means is that God is allowing Satan to have more and more control. And those who are his agents are going to have more and more control on this earth. That's why you're seeing the pestilence, the famines, the floods, the fires, the wars, the rumors of wars. People's hearts are waxing cold. People's hearts are failing for the fear of the things that's coming upon this earth. How can you go into a school and kill indiscriminately? Innocent babies just being mowed down and then people are still wanting to have their rallies for the guns and all these things. People's hearts are cold. But these are signs. When you see these things, it says, look up for your redemption draws nigh. This is not the time to look at the TV and look at sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so. This is time to look at Jesus. This is the time to search our hearts. Say, Lord, like David said, is there any wayward thing within me? See, we don't have to have God to search our hearts. He already knows our hearts. But he reveals to us what's in our hearts. And so when the trials, when the fiery trials come, that's like a testing time. That's, that tells us what, where we are. Will your anchor hold when the, when the trials come? Is your trust really in God or is it in your bank accounts, in your 401ks, your IRAs? Or is it in God? In God we trust. Amen. It's sweet our prayer time. God says, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden. People are stressed out. They're, laid, they're, they're heavy laden with the burdens of sin. Trying to look at the gas prices, $4.50 a gallon. Trying to figure out how you're going to make it. But God says, come unto me. He said, I will give you rest. I'll give you peace that passes all understanding. Father God, Lord, we're so thankful that we can call you Father. Realizing, Lord, we're your dear children. Lord, we're thankful that you have given us a mind today, Lord, that can recognize you as God. We live in a world where people don't even recognize you as God. But we're thankful, Father, that you have given us a mind to know that you are sovereign. Lord, we're thankful that you have given us one more time to assemble here, Lord, to worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, we live in a world where madness has taken hold. Sin has run its course. Lord, we pray while probation still lasts, Lord, that we will align our hearts up with you Lord we come today Lord with many burdens we come to you Lord with heavy hearts Lord 
Lord, we pray for a special anointing, Lord, on those families, Lord, that have lost their loved ones. Lord, I can't imagine how their hearts are aching right now. But, Lord, we pray that you would draw them close to your bosom. Let them feel your warm embrace, Father. Lord, we pray what the devil meant for evil, that somehow you would turn this thing around for good, that somebody will be saved as a result, Lord, of this massacre. Lord Jesus, we need you right now, Father. Lord, many are suffering, Lord, from COVID. Many are suffering from all types of cancers and diseases and uh, uh, viruses, Lord. We just pray, Lord, that you will touch every soul, Lord, that is suffering. We pray your anointing of healing upon their body right now. We come against, Lord, every disease. We come against, Lord, every hard heart, every simple uh, uh, spirit, Lord. We pray for your divine presence, Lord. Lord, many have had accidents this week, Lord. But, Lord, because of your grace, Lord, we're here. Lord, the devil tried to kill us, Lord, this week. But because of your grace, Lord, we're here. Lord, Father, we ask that you bless our young people. Those that have gone out to the four country, Lord, it's so sad to look out and Lord, where are our young people, Jesus? Lord, we pray, Father, that you will trouble their hearts. Don't let them be comfortable out in the far land, Father. But like the prodigal son, let them come to themselves and say, I will arise and go back to my father's house. Lord Jesus, we're praying, Father, for our young people. We're praying for our missing members, Lord. This this pandemic, Lord, has cause the falling away father but we pray father that you would like you left the 99 and went out to get that one lost sheep Lord we pray that you would draw them back father for you loved us so much father and that while we were yet sinners you died for us so Lord we're thankful for the divine sacrifice Lord let us always remember Lord when the flesh wants to rise up and do its own thing Lord let us see you hanging on that cross for us now father we pray father for your outpouring of the holy spirit on this service today lord and father we pray that you will anoint elder carol lord as he as he breaks the bread father place coals of fire on his lips father let him speak through the holy spirit father that our hearts will be changed lord that we'll be inspired lord to serve you and to love you father not go through the motions lord but be on fire for you Jesus now father pray for our pastor the shepherd of this flock Lord we know how the enemy attacks him Jesus we pray Lord that you will anoint him with your Holy Spirit Lord don't let him get weary in well doing Lord be with the first lady be with their family Lord be with them as they travel provide them traveling mercies place your angels about them Lord And we thank you, Lord, for being a prayer-answering God. So all we fail to ask, fail not to grant. We ask it in the matchless holy name of Jesus. Let the people say amen Amen. and amen.
Okay, it's going to be a little difficult today. We've been through a really rough couple of weeks out there, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But so, but I really need to hear you today because it has been rough. So I'm going to say what I say, and you say what you say, but you need to say it loud enough for those people out there to hear it. Okay, so you ready? God is good all the time. He is so worthy of praise. He is so good. He's so good. You know, it's been, first of all, I want to say thank you, Beverly. Last week, we called her at the last minute. We try to be a little bit more organized than that. But she said, yes, I'll do it right away. I was like, "Mm, she must not hear what I said. Maybe I better ask her again. You know, but I said, if I ask her again, she might realize what she said, and then she might not do it. So I'm going to leave it alone. But she, I saw you last week. We were outside. She, uh, um, out of town. She did an awesome job for stewardship. Um, I was compelled myself by her prayer. I just thank you, Lord, for using her, working through her, and giving her a willing heart. And that's what we want to talk about. You know, there's, um, Paul mentioned it, and uh, about the children that was killed. And then the weeks before that, someone traveled for three hours to find an African-American community to kill people who are African-American because he feel like some kind of way we're taking his place. I don't understand that. I'll never be him. I could never become him. So I'm not going to take his place. He can only have one place. So what are you worried about? You got your place. But that's aside from the point. The point is, is listen, everybody now wants to know, what do we do? How do we stop this? Because it is crazy. It is ridiculous. So how do we stop it? The Bible says God uses the simple things to confound the minds of men. And I'm going to come back to you and ask you, how does God change you? How does he work and change your heart? And the answer to that is through the relationship that you form with him. How are we going to reach these people who have some serious problems through our relationship? Uh, Let me see if I can find it. Uh Oh, my thing closed down, so let's see how I can find that. Give me some time here. That's how I might have to go solo and try to remember it. Oh, there it is. You don't want me to try to memorize it and say it. Okay, so it says, okay, let's see. Oh, gosh. Okay. Uh, All right. So it says God's personal touch. And everybody know it, but I want to read it. Okay, one more. Christ's method alone will give true success in reaching the people. Mm -hmm. The Savior mingled with men as one who desire their good. Mm -hmm. He uses time. He used his temple because his body had to be there with him, and he used his talent, mingling, using good social skills. Amen. The Savior um, mingled with men as one who desired their good. He showed his sympathy for them. You know, that means that he empathized with them. He, you know, if they cried, he didn't laugh about it. You know, he felt sad about it. He expressed sadness to them. 
He ministered to their needs. So, you know, if they were hungry, he didn't say, too bad, brother, you know, I'm not here for that. He went ahead and gave them some food using his treasure, financial treasure, and then he won their confidence. Then he bade them follow me. This is very simple. This is not hard. If you have that outlayer person in your family who, you know, kind of not quite right, don't shun the person. When you go to the family reunion, seek them out. Spend some time with them. Talk to them. Ask them questions. Be interested in this person. This person may be the next, you know, great prophet or um, preacher for the church. Don't you be a part of his success. You see a child who's crying, don't, you know, don't shun the kid. Go sit down. Don't do that. Sit down. Talk to the child. What's going on? How are you doing? You know, my, uh, when we were out of town, my uh, granddaughter had a bad dream. And my daughter went in there, and I could hear her. She just wanted to get back to bed. Okay, okay, go, yo, you're all right, you're all right. Later, when that, we woke up, I said, hey, you know, what happened this morning? I had a bad dream. Tell me about the dream. She went to this very detailed dream about some man getting her, her my, my grandson, and then he chased her, and then he, uh, another man called her. There was people not. It was a long thing. I was like, <laughs> and she said, now I feel scared again because I had to tell the dream. And I said, yeah, you know, you're right. I said, so we went back through the dream, but we changed it up a little bit. This time when the man gets uh, Isaac, see the angel pushing him down, right, beating him up. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, he's trying to grab you, but another angel trips him. Yeah. You know, and we changed that dream for her. Mm-hmm. Take some time. Mm-hmm. Spend some time with people. It, that's all it really takes. Mm-hmm. After reading, I read about the guns. And most of the shootings that occur are suicide. It's not black-on-black crime. It's not inner-city young people killing each other. It's suicide. People feeling abandoned, alone, and left out. That's what we're here for. We're the salt of the earth. Kwame said it this morning in Sabbath school. Time, talent, temple, treasure. God wants your life. That's all he wants. Mm -hmm. He's not asking us to do anything very difficult. I enjoy going to a family meal where they have cooked, and I didn't. I enjoy that. Mm -hmm. So can I take a little bit of love with me, a little gratitude, a little kindness, a little funness, a little smiling? Can I do that? Mm -hmm. So this is a little different from what we usually talk about. But today I want to encourage you. This is a, a holiday weekend. Let's get together with these families. Let's be the salt in the room. Let let's people come to us with their problems. Let's not turn anybody away. Let's not say you're gay and so you're going to die and go to hell. Let's not do those things. Let's do what Jesus did. He mingled with the people. Nobody ever said, dang, I hate for him to come. He always doing something. He, uh, oh, he always talking about heaven. No one, I, I don't remember anybody ever saying that. Not in the Bible, it's not saying that. So let us do this this week. Let's really be Christ-like. Let's make it our job, our mission. Let us be the person who turn away the shooter who stops him in his tracks. Amen. Can the deacons come down to accept to, uh, so we can take up our offering? I got it right this time, you guys. Amen. <laughs> he loves us so much. Yeah. Let his love flow through us. Let us love others so much that they cannot fail to follow Christ. They cannot follow, not follow Christ. 
they are going to follow him because of who we are and how we allow God to use us. Most honorable Father, in the blessed name of Jesus, we are so grateful, first of all, that we have something to give. And that you, Lord, are going to take what we give you, whatever it is, multiply it, put it to a sacred use, and, Lord, save people as a result, Lord. Lord, we ask this week that whatever we do and all that we do is to your glory. Use us, Father. Work through us. And that, and that all the things that we do, Lord, we may not know it here on earth, but let it be known in heaven, the great riches that you've given us through the souls that we have reached. In the name of Jesus, we pray. We ask that you return our offers from our offers from a whole, um, from a secular use to a sacred use, Lord, and that each of us, Lord, grow as a result of being generous and sharing with others. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. 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 Oh, you may take up the offering.
Amen. Amen to that choir and the musicians. Terrific job. You know, one day we ought to just have music all day long and just praise God in song and music. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Amen. Appreciate that. Beautiful. So beautiful. Happy Sabbath to everyone. Yeah, I mean, uh, like the Lord says, where two or three are gathered... He's in the midst. So if it's just you and the Lord, you having church. So we're going to have church today. I praise God for the opportunity to speak for him, to speak his word. My title today is, What Doest Thou Here? Or what I sometimes have to say to my grandkids, Naomi and Isaac, what y'all doing? And you ever notice whenever you ask that question to kids, it's always the same answer, right? Nothing. It's like they got a secret code, you know. They just know it. You don't have to teach them that. And, you, you know, the parents are not asking them what y'all doing because you don't know. Just like when God asked Elijah, what are you doing here, Elijah? He already knew. But somehow the kids, they try and hide stuff behind their back, and, and they always get wide-eyed, like, does he know what I was doing? Yeah, just like God knows what we're doing. So, uh, in fact, one mother was trying to get her son to wake up on Sabbath to go to church. And she said, son, get up. It's time for church. He said, I'm not, I'm not going to church. You know, I'll give you two reasons I'm not going to church. One, those people don't like me. And two, I don't like them. And she said, look, son, I'm going to give you two reasons why you are going. One, you're 59 years old. And two, you're the church pastor. <laughs> you, you just never know what kids are up to, right? <laughs> God is good all the time, amen? And all the time, God is good. I, I would ask if you would stand with me now as we read our scripture, which is in 1 Kings 19. 1 Kings chapter 19, 10 through 12. And I'll read in your hearing. It's uh, Elijah, and God's talking to him. And it says, And he came hither to a cave and lodged there, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I've been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thy altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. 
and I, even only I, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And he said, go forth and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind rent the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord wasn't in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord wasn't in the earthquake either. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. Loving Father, we ask that you will speak to us this day in your still, small voice. That you will speak to us through your word and through your Holy Spirit's influence. Bless us, dear Lord, that we'll draw closer to thee, that we might be a prepared people for heaven, which is a prepared place. In the blessed name of Jesus, amen. Please be seated. You know, we've all heard this story about Elijah about a hundred million times. But have you really taken time to really get into it and find out what was really happening with Elijah at that time? There's a lot going on with him. And it's funny because the situation he's in, there's five things we can learn that we too have also done that Elijah is doing in this situation. Or five things that you will do unless you are paying attention and keep faith in God. One of the things Elijah did, Elijah put more faith in a mere mortal than in Almighty God. Even after his experiences at the brook Cherith, even after uh, where God brought him food every day by an angel, even after God used him to bless the widow of Sarepta to have enough food for her as well as Elijah and, and her family, even after destroying 450 prophets of Baal at Mount Carmel, because he was afraid of Jezebel, Elijah ran 125 miles plus walked another 41 days to get away from her. Because he had put more faith in Jezebel's ability to, to kill him than in God's ability to protect him. Elijah placed himself in this situation. God didn't lead him to that cave. And the problem was that he took his eyes off of God and put them on his own ability to save himself. Just like Cain did when he slew Abel. Just like Abram did when he had a baby by Hagar. Just like Peter did when he was walking on the water. And just like we do any time we try and solve our problems without first taking them to God in prayer. Even after seeing the power of God for himself, Elijah still put more faith in Jezebel's ability to kill him. Jezebel said that she was going to kill Elijah. She had put a hit out on him. She had green-lit him and said, Elijah, you on sight from now on. Elijah was terrified. But Psalm 34, 8 tells us, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him, not in ourselves. There ain't no blessing in trusting in yourselves. How many times have you let your own self down? Don't raise your hand. That's pretty bad with you letting your own self down. And the way that we keep from putting trust in ourselves and keeping it in God is through studying his word. Even if you can only memorize one verse a day, take time to study God's word. 
That's how we learn to believe in his promises. That's how we get the trust that we need. That's how we put our faith in him for our protection, our provision, and our salvation. We cannot put our trust in mankind. We must spend time speaking to God and listening to God. What kind of communication is it if I do all the talking? What kind of relationship is it if all you do is listen to what I have to say? It's a two-way street. So spend that time studying God's word and then listening to his answer. Because even if you memorize one verse, that one verse may save you in the day of adversity. Psalm 118.8 says it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man or woman. Just can't do it. Think of all the times you've asked somebody, hey, will you come and help me do this? They don't show up. Oh, man, I promise I'll be there. They don't come. Can you, can you hook me up with a little something till payday? Yeah, man, I got you, and they don't got you. We cannot put our trust more in man than what we put in God. The second thing Elijah did that we have to be careful of, and maybe too bad, but some of us have probably already done this, we lost the belief that God is with us. We lost that belief. We first started out believing, yeah, God's with me. I'm moving on the upward way. I'm gaining new heights every day. And somehow something happens and is God, where are you? What happened? I'm, I thought I was doing good, and now I'm just not feeling it. It's not always the work that makes the biggest splash or the biggest impact that's most successful in accomplishing God's will. It don't have to be flashy. You don't have to be a superstar to do God's will. And just because maybe you're not the most learned Bible scholar or that you're not the very best musician, it still doesn't mean that God's not with you. (laughs) We have to recognize it's the influence of the Holy Spirit that does the converting and convicting. It's not what we do. We do our part. We do what God leads us to do. We stand where God tells us to stand, and we do what God asks us to do. But then the results, that's on him. The results are on God. I did what you said, Lord. Now it's on you. I did my part, Lord. The rest is up to you. God is constantly speaking to each one of us. Nobody has... uh, Thank you, dear. I got two drinks now. (laughs) Nobody has a monopoly on the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit speaks to everybody in here. I dare you to say God, Holy Spirit, has never spoke to you. You just didn't listen. Or you were just too preoccupied to hear him. He speaks through you also. In that still, small voice of a quiet, meek, humble, Christian spirit. You don't have to shout. You don't have to have fireworks blowing off every time you speak to somebody. All you have to do is let Jesus shine out of your heart. When we truly walk with Jesus, our lives change for the better. And just because you're walking down the same street as somebody don't mean you're walking with them. To walk with Jesus means to listen to him. It means to obey him. And when we walk with Jesus, when we do that, 
our faith in him increases. Because as we're walking with him, we get to see his power in our lives. We get to see our spirits change. We get to see our characters change. We get to see people around us change. And that increases our faith and our trust in him. God gives his spirit to everyone. We have to surrender to that spirit. We have to allow his Holy Spirit to change our character, to change our attitudes. What type of Christianity is it if people can't tell that you're happy, if people can't tell that you have something more than what they have without God? And sometimes as Christians, we give off the wrong attitude, the wrong aura, the wrong personality traits. You know, a young boy was walking home with his dad from uh, church one Sabbath, And he looked over and he saw a mule looking sad and long-faced and angry. And he said, look, Dad, a Christian. You know, there's always some truth in every joke. So what kind of of example are we as Christians if we're looking all sad and mad? Do you have Jesus in your heart? Do you have salvation through Christ? Then we should be the happiest people around. Nothing should bother us. No matter what the boss man says, no matter what somebody else down the street said, no matter what's going on around the globe, I have Christ in my heart and it should shine out. And people should be asking you, saying, how in the world can you stay so calm when all this stuff is happening? How can you still be happy and you just lost your job? How can you still be smiling with a flat on all four tires? Is because it's not what I do, it's what he has done for me. The grace of God is the sweet character and attitude of Christ. What are we doing here if we're not growing in grace? What doest thou here if you are not growing in the grace of God? We have to allow Jesus to come into our hearts and let his word change us. Too many times we try and change the word to the way we want it, but we're getting it backwards. We have to let his word change us, not the other way around. Can the Ethiopian change his skin? Can a leopard change his spots? Not counting Michael Jackson and Sammy Sosa. (laughs) We cannot change our hearts. We cannot do anything about our hearts. Only God can change our hearts. The third thing Elijah did, and that happens to us even today, and you might not even recognize this, but we are surrounded by idol worshipers. Now, you don't always see somebody bowing down to a statue, although people do it, although there are plenty of religions in the world where people still bow down to statues that they just made themselves they just took up a piece of tree limb carved a statue and now they're praying to it but there are also other idols and I was just so surprised to find out that there are still people today who actually worship the false god Baal that Elijah killed the prophets for Even today in the 2020, uh, 2022, people still worshiping Baal. And it's just terrible. It says the apostasy prevailing today is similar 
to the same thing Elijah was going through in his day, exalting humans above divine. How many times have you heard, we don't have to do what God says, we have a new way of doing things? Mankind, in the praise of popular leaders, all these people lifted up. Nobody cares about Christ, but we're lifting up these leaders who are doing nothing more than robbing us blind. You know, there's a, a program on TV called True Believers, and it's, a, it's sad that people would believe a lie. It's so blatantly wrong, and yet they still place man above God. In the worship of money. Come on now, we all need money, right? Money is the root of all evil, right? No, no. The love of money is the root of all evil. If you think money is evil, you can give it to me anytime. It's the love of money. And people are putting money on a pedestal so much that they have billions and billions of dollars. Do they share it with other people? Maybe a little bit. Maybe a tiny bit. How in the world can you spend $300 billion on foolishness recognizing that people are starving every day? Recognizing that people are homeless every day? Recognizing that people don't know about Christ every day and you just waste money? Putting money above God, doing anything for money but nothing for God. Putting them in the place of God's truth, the teachings of science. God invented science. God is science. How can you put the creature above the creator? Doubt and unbelief are exercising a terrible influence over mind and heart, and many people are substituting the word of God for the theories of men, teaching for doctrine the commandments of men, putting what someone says above what God says. We're still in this whole world of idolatry surrounding us. You know, it's publicly taught now that human reason should be above God's word. Human reasoning should be above God's word. And you think about how many times a human has said, this is true, only years later to come back and say, oops, I was wrong. And you've spent all your years following this person and now they come and tell you they were wrong? I spent my time, effort, and money on that, and now you're telling me you was just playing? Putting man's theories above God's theory. The law of God, the divine standard of righteousness, people don't even care about. God's word don't mean nothing. It's, it's not the Ten Commandments. It's just the, th- the Ten Suggestions. You know, it's optional. You can, you can listen to it or you don't have to. If you feel like it, do it. That's what man wants to do. The enemy of all truth, we know who that is, constantly working with deceptive power to cause men and women to place human institutions where God should be and forget everything that God has done to ordain happiness and salvation for mankind. We live in the midst of a perverse and crooked generation. And as it was in the days of Noah and Elijah, it's going to be worse. You heard the elders say it's going to be worse in these last days than it was then. And if people were struggling in the last days then, 
What do you think we're looking forward to coming up? We have to keep our trust in God. We have to keep our minds stayed on Him. We have to study His Word and we have to stay in prayer contact with God or we will not make it. I know the truth hurts, but the truth is if we don't stay in connection with God, we're not going to make it. It's just that simple. And, you know, we don't have to look far to see prophecies being fulfilled right around us every single day. Here in Proverbs six sixteen through 19, it says, These six things doth the Lord hate. Did you know God has certain things that he hates? And then it says, wait a minute, there are seven that are an abomination to him. Now think of these things and tell me if you have heard or seen something like this in society today. A proud look. You've seen some prideful and egotistical people? Yeah. A lying tongue? That's an easy one, isn't it? Lying tongue. People are born lying. Hands that shed innocent blood? We just heard about the people, the kids in the school getting shot, shedding innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked imagination? Can you ever imagine what would happen if the evil people used their minds for good? You know, the truth is, there's a lot of scams on the internet. Wicked, wicked imagination. Those people are pretty smart to think of that stuff. But they're using their good talents for evil. Uh, Another thing the Lord says he hates an abomination. Feet that run to mischief. People see mischief happening. Instead of running the other way, they go towards it so they can film it for Facebook. Put it on their page and let it scroll through. Instead of running from evil, running to evil. Six, a false witness. Come on now. False witness. We even got a new term for false witnesses. Karen, right? Just lying on people. Telling the police, yeah, this and that happened when it never happened. Going to court. Swearing on a stack of Bibles that this is the truth and lying through their teeth. And number uh, seven, the Lord is an abomination, he that sows discord among the brethren. Do you have that one relative who at every family reunion causes trouble? It's like, can you just not come? Because we know all you're going to do is sow discord among the brethren. And I don't want to be too tough, but there's one church member (laughs) that's always arguing, always causing a fuss. Just for the love of arguing and causing a fuss. They, they even agree with you, but they're still going to disagree just because they like to cause drama. God hates those things. We're seeing them happen every single day. So we know God's word is true. We have to recognize those things. That's the type of world that we're living in. bunch of idolaters surrounding us. Fourth thing Elijah was doing that we have to be careful. Elijah thought... He was the only one still witnessing for God. You know, when you look around sometimes, you feel like you're the only one that's following the Lord. And you feel like everybody else is just half-stepping. And I, only I am left serving God. That's not true. Even though we look around here, there are millions of other people worshiping God on his true Sabbath day. 
There are millions of people keeping God's commandments. There are millions of people still following God's holy word. But sometimes we think about ourselves and we're like, I'm the only one ever doing anything at church. I'm the only one ever takes an office. I'm the only one ever sing a solo. God has people everywhere. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways. So as the same thing is true among humans, our thoughts are not the same, and our ways are not the same. So what you may be doing to please God and to follow God might be different from what I'm doing. So I'm not the only one serving God. Other people are serving God in their own way. I don't have to serve God the same way you do. You don't have to serve him the same way I do. So don't think I'm the only one. Nobody is ever the only one doing anything on this planet. There's always other people who are out there serving God to the dictates of their own hearts. But unfortunately, many people have more faith in their own ability than in the power of God working for them. I don't know where we get that from, but we have to know when, it, when we're evangelizing, when we're witnessing for God, Christ will guide us in that work and give us the words that will speak deep to someone's heart. If I just go out by myself and try and evangelize, I'm just sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. You can look at me and say, nobody care what you got to say. And they'd be right, because don't nobody care what you have to say. But they care what God has to say. So when God gives us the words to speak to people, speak those words. Don't be afraid and say, well, you know, that might be too tough. That might be a little harsh. Let me just lighten it up. No. If God said, say it, you say it. Because he's given those words power. He's given those words conviction. He's given those words that will go deep to that person's heart. The thing about Christians, we have to work as if everything depends on us. But we have to pray as if everything depends on God. And if we can ever get those two ideas to work together we would see a powerful movement of Christianity once again. But sometimes we think we can do it ourselves. Let me uh, put together this plan, and then I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to go out and do that, and then everybody's going to accept Christ. Good luck with that. Not going to happen. Not going to worry. Because it's only through God's Holy Spirit will anybody even care what you have to say. We have to speak and act in harmony with our prayers. It's not the capabilities that we have or will ever have that's going to change anybody's thoughts or change their heart about God. It doesn't matter what we do. It's what he has already done. But when we rely upon the power of God to change lives, we present that message of salvation so forcibly that it vibrates people's minds. That's true evangelism. Letting God speak through us, not us speaking at people, not me trying to tell you how to act, but God speaking through us and informing people what he wants. We're never alone in the battle for good and evil. So as much as you might think you're the only one serving God, you're not. 
everybody's going to be given an opportunity to take their side on the throne of righteousness, and it might just be you that influences them. Remember, God has good people everywhere. The fifth thing that uh, Elijah went through, Elijah was told by God to go. He said, come on out of that cave, Elijah. The pandemic's over. You're free to get back out into the world. Just take some extra precautions. Don't be foolish. But it's time to get back out in the streets and talk to people about the love of God. He told Elijah, stop worrying about what everybody else is doing. Everybody else has a special purpose just like you do. Elijah gave, God gave Elijah a special purpose, and he told Elijah, stick to what I told you to do. Has God given you a special purpose? God's given you a special purpose. Are you following that special purpose? Or are you worried about what the rest of us are doing? Not your call. What I'm doing for God, that's between me and him. What you're doing for God, between you and him. Don't worry about what other people are doing. What did God personally tell you to do? If he told you to work with the youth, work with the youth. If he told you to work with the seniors, work with the seniors. If he told you to get on the street corner and shout to the top of your lungs, get out there on that street corner. When God asks you to do something, he gives you the power to do it, and he gives you the resources. So you don't even have to ask, how am I going to do this? Where am I going to get that? How am I going to make this uh, in me? Don't worry about it. Think about the, the uh, priests when they stepped into the Jordan River. They were carrying the Ark of the Covenant. They had to cross the Jordan at flood time. They could have stood right there on the bank and said, I don't think this is a good idea. Let's look for a bridge to cross over. Let's wait till flood season is over. Let's get some taller people that can hold the ark up higher. They could have came up with all kind of ideas. But they had to put their foot in the water. They put their foot in the water. The water was up to their waist before it moved, before it backed off. That was showing faith in God's power. And it's the same as us. Don't sit around making excuses. Put your foot in the water. God told you what to do. Put your foot in the water and watch how he opens the water up for you. When we allow our sights to rule over our vision, that sounds funny, don't it? How can your sight rule over your vision? Because sight is what you can see now. Vision is what you can see down the future. And when we are stuck only looking at what we humanly can see, we're just going to stay at home, right? Hey, it's dangerous out there. I ain't going down in that neighborhood because I see crime, I see poverty, I see people struggling, I see the pandemic, I see people shooting folks. That's what I can see with my sight. But when I look through spiritual vision, I can see people whose lives need to be saved. I can see people who are looking for Christ to come down their street. I can see people who are God's children who need to be saved by his grace. So don't allow your sight to overrule your vision because then you'll just sit at home and live a life of comfortable ease. But what is a life of comfort compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us? What does it profit 
for you to gain the whole world and lose your own soul. It doesn't do any of us any good. We can't allow ourselves to be swaddled in luxury while millions of people are dying in Christless graves. God gives us power and resources to accomplish his will. What did God ask you to do? Christ's object lesson says God will give you understanding in earthly matters as well as spiritual matters. He can give you tact and skill. Put your talents into the work. Ask God for wisdom and it will be given to you. So if you're struggling at your job, ask God to help you on the job. God's not limiting his power to just church. If you're struggling at home, Ask God to help your family situation. It don't have to be in the church family. If you got issues in your neighborhood, your neighbor getting on your last yard, uh, last nerve, they, which they tend to do, you know, that's why they say good fences make good neighbors. Because everybody's neighbor get on their nerves sometimes. Ask God to help you with that. And he helps you with spiritual matters. If you can't seem to get your prayers past the ceiling, keep praying. Ask God to help you. Ask him to help you in everything, and he's promised. All God wants is willing workers. Those people who are willing to sacrifice a little bit of their time, talent, temple, and treasure for his effort. Are you a willing worker? The thing we have to remember, too, is it's in our darkest hour that the devil seeks to derail our faith. After 40 years working with these hard-headed Israelites, didn't follow directions, always grumbling, always complaining, that's when Moses slipped and made the mistake that kept him out of the promised land. After struggling from years of drought, fighting the idolaters and recalcitrant Israelites, Elijah ran from Jezebel, gave up his trust in God. And it's while we are assaulted with crime, poverty, struggle, uh, issues of family and despair, that's when Satan's going to come and try and tempt you. You have to be ready for that. You have to be of good cheer because God has already overcome the world and he gives us power to do the same. He promises to give us that power to overcome sin and temptation if we just ask. Just ask. It's not that hard to do, is it? Just ask, and he's promised he'll give us that strength. When you think about Elijah seeing that vision of the wheel and the wheel, it says there was a hand under the wheel. That lets us know that God is in charge of this world. God's power is what gets things done. It's not what we do. It's God's power, divine power. Human beings, we're never left alone to fight evil ourselves. God is there to help us. And when we get beat down so much by life, by family, by the job, by situation, by society, we so beat up and so tired that all you can do is lay on your back and say, my faith looks up to thee, Lamb of Calvary. God hears that. He hears every cry, every prayer, every groan, every moan. God hears you. And he's promised to come and give you help. He sends his angels to our side to fight off the evil angels that are trying to take your life and to give you hope and courage to continue the fight for righteousness. And our light affliction is just for a moment. 
Things we're going through here on earth, they seem pretty tough sometimes. But it's going to be over. And then we'll say heaven is cheap enough. Because this stuff down here is temporary, but heaven is eternal. So don't focus on the world and its evils. First of all, it's just too sad and depressing. And you'll find yourself struggling to get up out of the bed because you're thinking too much about what the headlines said and what the news said and what the people down the street said. Don't focus on that. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Focus on him. There's nothing down here on this earth that we want that bad. You know, I heard a preacher preach a sermon titled, What in hell do you want? The answer is nothing. You don't want nothing in hell, right? It's the same with this earth. There is nothing down here so important that we're willing to give our lives for it. We're just strangers and pilgrims traveling through this earth on our way to heaven to be with Jesus. And we have to keep Jesus' return in our thoughts at all times. We have to keep that new Jerusalem in our thoughts and our hearts at all times. We have to keep heaven, the earth made new in our thoughts at all times. So that we never lose faith in the almighty God. You know, I love to sing hymns. But sometimes I just like to read them too. Because those hymns have some powerful spiritual messages. And if, if we're going to make it through this life to keep from losing faith, just read yourself a couple hymns. That strengthens you. You can read, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. Then the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. We can say to Jesus, precious Lord, take my hand. Lead me on and help me stand. We have to remember that heaven is our goal each and every day. And we got to keep on moving, moving in the right way. Say to yourself, I'm on my way to the promised land. I'm led by his spirit. Oh, yes, I am. I'm on my way to the promised land. And sing sweet, swing low, sweet chariot, coming to carry me home. And remind ourselves constantly, I've got a robe, you've got a robe, all of God's children got a robe. And when we get to heaven, we're going to put on that robe and shout all over God's heaven. And finally tell yourself, when the roll is called up yonder, I'm going to be there by the grace of God. Do you want to be there? I want to be there. When God comes back, I want to be ready. I want to be waiting. I need him. To keep my faith. I need him to keep me strong in the Lord. I need God's power to speak truth to others who are struggling in their lives. Each and every one of us needs God, Holy Spirit, to challenge us to be the very best witness that we can. We're going to fight through some battles, but God is able. We're going to struggle sometime, but he's promised us weeping may endure for a night. But joy comes in the morning. He's given us the grace that we can share his love with others who don't know him. I know that God has touched your heart. Just like he touched Elijah and reminded him, Elijah, what are you doing here? You're here to do my will. God's calling each of us to do his will. Do you want to do God's will today? I invite you to stand. 
Let the Lord know, Lord Jesus, please help me. I want to do your will. I want to share the gospel message with others. I want to be saved by your grace, and I want to be a witness to help save others. Loving Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much for your Holy Spirit. We thank you so much for Jesus and him crucified. We ask this morning, Lord, that you will show us where we are and where we need to be. Give us the resources, Lord. Give us strength. Give us courage. Give us a desire to spread your gospel message to this world. Lead us, dear Lord, to those who are looking for you. Lead us, dear Lord, to those who are struggling with life, to those who have given up hope. And give us the words to speak, dear Lord, that those words will be spirit in life to them. Help us, dear Lord, to do our part, Jesus. Show us where we need to stand. Show us where we, what we need to do. And then let us know that all the results are in your hands. Bless each of us this day, dear Lord. Help us to do thy precious will. Help us, dear Lord, to keep our trust in you. Help us to stay active in this world of apostasy. Help us to keep faith in your power and not mankind. And help us to go, ye therefore, as you have told us. We ask this morning, Lord, if there is anyone here who has not accepted Christ as their Savior and who would like to now give their life to him, recognizing that tomorrow is not promised to any of us. We ask that they will raise their hand at this time and let you know, Lord, that they want to be saved in your kingdom as well. And the rest of us, dear Lord, we ask and pray for your divine Holy Spirit to be with us in all that we do. May we exemplify Christ in our words, our deeds, and our actions, Lord. These things we ask in the blessed, in the holy, in the magnificent name of Jesus Christ. Let everyone say amen and amen. Amen, amen. Let's give Elder Carroll another amen for allowing the Lord to use him with a powerful message. What doest thou here? Thank you, Elder. Amen. Take that message and internalize it as you go through this week. We just want to reiterate the fact that we won't be here next week. We'll be online and those will be traveling to Kansas City. And our IT team will make sure that those links are sent out. Amen. So at this time, we invite you to stand for our benediction, and then the ushers will direct you out. Once again, we want to thank the Thompson family, and we look forward to seeing you on the next time. Amen, amen, amen. Father God, we're truly thankful, Lord, for your blessed word today, Lord. We pray we will internalize it, Lord, and make you the center of our joy and our peace. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you and give you peace both now and forevermore. Let the church say amen. Amen. Let's tell the world about Jesus. As you go, tell the world. As you go, tell the world. Jesus, tell them about his love.
go, go. tell the world.